Good evening and welcome to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70 with me, David Jones at IPOP Editor. And David, I guess the only question is to say is, hey, y'all, how you been? <laughs> um, that's, here we are, end of the, end of the, uh, end of the season. And I think it's, you know, it's a season where we can sit down and break down Adam Music's, uh, Adam, Adam Music's, Adam Wainwright's music and start looking at his second career. Uh, it was, it was an interesting weekend, I guess, to finish up the season. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the season ended a lot better than it started. Um, <laughs> if you look at the last three games, I guess, or maybe the last two, uh, it, it was, it was a very nice weekend. Very well done. I've been sitting here just kind of deep in thought thinking like, I can't believe it's already over. And Mm -hmm. I say that on two fronts. And one is Adam Wainwright's career. Um, The first time I saw him pitch was 2004. He was pitching for the Memphis Redbirds against the Nashville sounds at Greer old Greer stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. He was pitching to this young up and coming catcher named Yadier Molina And there were probably about 200 people at that game. (laughs) And, you know, being the fan I was, I knew that this guy was the guy that came over the J.D. Drew trade. I knew he was supposed to be pretty good. I knew the catcher was supposed to be really good, would be in the major soon. I had no idea what I was about to see with so many years later. And I just sit here thinking, like, it's hard to believe. Like, that doesn't seem that long ago when I watched him pitch in AAA. And now it's over. I'm just having a tough time reconciling that. And then at the same time, the whole season, uh, the fact the Cardinals are not going to the playoffs, but it really feels like they never got off the ground. Mm. Um, The entire season was kind of in disarray. Uh, After the first week, we kind of thought, okay, you know, up and down, but yeah, I think we'll take it. And then from there, maybe one or two weeks where we had some optimism, but it, it just seems like it just something we are looking so much forward to that just never really developed and so yeah I'm, I'm a little bit um deep in my thoughts right now over both of those issues yeah the season's a little bit like you know at the fourth of july and you buy those little that little box of, of snappers right and you throw them down the ground and they pop and they're really kind of cool you know, every once in a while you throw one and it just kind of bounces right and it doesn't do anything and that kind of a little bit about what this season was like because we did we expected a big explosion of of, of power we expected this you know big push that everything was going to be i mean yes the pitching staff we we had some questions but you know as as much as we have talked about the questions and, and how much the cardinals should have done more in this offseason absolutely nobody thought they were going to finish last nobody thought they were going to lose 90 games um they just thought it might not win the division or might have trouble in october this i mean it's hard to know what went right, except for the last, you know, the last start of Adam Wainwright's career. I guess that's about the only thing that you could really point to, you know, maybe, you know, Jordan Walker coming up and if starting to click, uh, you know, maybe the debuts of Mason Wynn, but even then it wasn't necessarily what everybody expected. So when you look at 2023 as a whole, I, you're not going to be revisiting this year very often. Um, except for the context of Adam Wainwright, I I just can't imagine people are going to be sitting around saying, "Well, you remember, you know, remember what happened in that year?" They'll just say, "We never we agree never to talk about 2023." What are you talking about? 
Yeah, I think really this weekend, and you go back a few games to win 200, that encapsulates the positive mm-hmm. that we look at with this season. You know, I agree with Jordan Walker. Um, just seeing him hit the ball uh, just looks really, really good. Uh, put up really good numbers for a rookie season. I think that's a positive you take away. But after that, I was trying to think, like, what other positives? Like, are, are we talking about John King? Like in his ERA with the Cardinals at this point, is that like a top five thing for this season? I, I don't really know. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt was pretty steady. Paul Goldschmidt, little dip mm-hmm. in his numbers, didn't get hurt this year. Um, that's not saying anything about him, but compared to the rest of the team, that's a right. huge accomplishment. Right. But yeah, um, this isn't a year that we will look fondly on. Hopefully it's such an outlier that it does stick out to us mm-hmm. and not, it's not a chain of events. that's about to be put in motion. Uh, but yeah, it's been, it has been a downer of a year uh, so much so that I think we've talked about this previously where you don't necessarily prior, prioritize your night around Cardinal baseball anymore because they've been out of it for so long that it, it even though you're a fan and you want to watch the games and pay attention, you know what? It just doesn't have the same feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, once the trade deadline came and I mean, granted things were obviously kind of flags were waved before then. It's not like we you know, hit the trading deadline and everything just went, but you know, that, that kind of took out the momentum for the last two months because there wasn't even that talk of who's going to go and who's going to stay and what can they get for this guy? It's, you know, you got a chance to see some of the guys that they got back and you saw them in the minor leagues as well. And, and there's some optimism there. Um, but, you know, it just, yeah, it wasn't, I guess, you know, you look at Nolan Gorman, he had a pretty good year. Um, uh, uh, he seemed to have taken a step, which is good. Um, although he was still very streaky and had some really terrible months. He, you know, on the whole, I think would say he improved over this year, but yeah, I, Brendan Donovan probably as well, a guy till he got hurt, uh, which again, you're right. The injury issues were significant. Now it's, it's not to say that that's the reason the Cardinals were terrible because it's not, but it is notable that I think Paul Goldschmidt was the only person that wasn't either injured or suspended this year uh, throughout the whole year. Right. And Miles Michael is the only other person that didn't hit the injured list and had that, you know, short suspension. Um, I don't, you know, I, I just, You'd like to say the quicker you move on, the better. But I do think there's a lot that you have to, I don't know if say marinate in this, but the front office has to take that as a as a something that they can't just sweep under the rug. This is something that's got to be kind of front and center all winter long when they're deciding on who to trade, who to sign, how far to get out of their comfort zone, um, you know, what kind of organizational turnover there needs to be the, this season or what – this meant what how terrible this was has to fuel everything that they do absolutely and you hope that they take advantage of this extra time they have of not being in the playoffs to make some decisions both when it comes to their coaching staffs and when it comes to the direction of the team and also when it comes to what they're going to do when it comes to free agency to trades things like that which you know we know moves can't be made until after the World Series ends, or five days mm-hmm. in some cases, and, and in most places, you're not going to see any major coaching changes made while the playoffs are going on out of respect for those teams. Now, there have been some situations where that's <laughs> not Michelle. always the case. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we, you probably won't see too many things happening until really probably December is usually when it starts coming down. But you hope 
that they're already charting their course. So you hope that that's already been happening for months, that they're already looking ahead thinking, okay, here's what we have to do. Here's how much money we're willing to spend. Here is who we're going after for as a free agent, as a trade partner. Here's who we're willing to part with. Here, and I was going to say, here's how, what our draft strategy is, but usually that hasn't been a problem for the Cardinals. Uh, but yeah, they've got to get some things lined up as far as leadership goes and how they're going to handle things and where their priorities lie or else they could find themselves in this blah again next year. So hopefully it's a busy off season. I think it will be, it has to be, uh, as you mentioned last week, there's going to be a lot of spots probably available on the 40 man roster. Um, I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, it is going to be very interesting to see, you know, again, we saw Adam Wainwright finish his career. Um, we know he's not back <laughs> next year. He got a dog. He cannot come back. That's the rules. Uh, that's how they make them up. I don't know. It's really kind of strange entry into the CBA. We didn't see. Um, but so we know that spot's, you know, going to be available, but there are so many others that we have seen their last game as a Cardinal. We just don't know it yet necessarily. Um, you know, some, a lot of them we can guess at, but I think there's going to be a few that are going to be a surprise, right? I mean, there are people that, whether they are non-tendered, whether they are traded, um, whatever the case may be, um, will be, be somewhere else next year. Um, and, and that's not a bad thing when you go 71 and 91, right? You know, I mean, there, there really doesn't need to be a whole lot of people come back. You know, a lot of people on Twitter don't think the coaching staff should come back, uh, with a, with a thing like that. And, you know, maybe there's some argument there for and against, but, um, it's just October is going to be slow because there's going to be a lot of, let's get this over. Let's get this whole stupid postseason thing over with so we can actually move on to what's important, which is rebuilding this team. Yeah, that absolutely. That's when you start pulling for sweeps in the world series, just so you can get it done quicker and move on to things that are a little more important locally, but you're right. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I do think that fans are probably going to be a little disappointed if they think that certain players, maybe certain outfielders are going to bring back big returns in a trade. Uh, I know there's been some talk that Tyler O'Neill may, may get non-tendered that basically mm -hmm. the Cardinals are just going to cut them loose. And um, the, the only thing you gain from that is a roster spot. You don't have to pay him for the next year. And so there may be issues like that, that we see that the Cardinals may not be out there making moves as far as getting players in return, but it may be about cutting some of that fat from the team with, you know, the depth issues that they've had um, sometimes too much depth they may just be getting rid of guys just so they can start over in some positions. I mean, they may look at the outfield and go, okay, we have Newt, we have Walker, and they may say, maybe we have Edmund too. I don't know how that's going to play out, but you know what? We don't need these other guys. Let's let's just go ahead and get rid of them somehow. Whatever they bring back, sure. If they don't bring back anything, so be it. I don't know exactly how that's all going to play out, but I do think um, you're probably not going to see too many huge trades in that regard from some players let's let's i'll just put it this way the players that we've talked about for so many years having potential are not going to yield great returns mm -hmm. if you want to see a great return it's going to have to come from a player who's already showing that potential and still has some to grow yeah that's why i mean i as much as i'd hate to see it it's hard for me to imagine the cardinals getting the kind of pitching they want to get in a trade without Dolan Gorman going out the window or you know i mean that just i don't Maybe Brendan Donovan, but you're not. I mean, you can't take Tommy Edmund, Tyler O'Neill, and four other people and get 
a number two starter that's got con- cost, you know, controllable years. That just doesn't happen. So I, you know, it's kind of my, you know, dark horse, not, no, I'm not rooting for it because I think Nolan Gorman can definitely help this team and it would be a very, you know, very nice to have him around. But I just, I'm, I'm really having difficulty seeing how they can get the people that they think they can get if he's still on the team next year. It, you know, maybe they'll prove me wrong. We'll have to see. But uh, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, whatever, and we've talked about this, I know, but whatever trades they do make, they aren't going to be the Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt trades where you're like, oh, that was a slam dunk for the Cardinals, right? I mean, there was no, you know, you can't. Don't even break a sweat to make that trade. This is these are trades that are going to hurt, and not the Randy Rosarena, Sandy Alcantara hurt in two or three years. They're going to hurt when they happen, and that's that's something we haven't seen out of the Cardinals in a long, long time. Yeah, um, if you're wanting to see one of those blockbuster deals, you're going to have to be willing to part with, like you said, um, Nolan Gorman, Lars Newbar. Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, that's who teams are calling about. Um, mm-hmm. If they're going to relinquish a number two, maybe even a number three, they're going to be wanting one of those guys, maybe two of them, maybe a package with some others. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, you, you know, yeah, you, even, you know, a guy like Yvonne Herrera, he's not going to bring much back if the Cardinals would try to put him in a deal right now. You could try to package him with some other things, um, but teams are going to want quality. They don't just want quantity anymore. So it's not going to be, you can't just, even though I know there's those generators out there that basically add up the war and it's like, oh, here's six players you could get, you could trade and get Otani back. We saw that at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at it on paper and it's like, no, that doesn't make sense. We're going to see that a lot this off season with people speculating, things like that. But yeah, to, to get a really, really good starter, you're going to have to lose a really, really good player and maybe more of them, which is why I think the Cardinals... Maybe they make one of those deals for a pitcher, um, but I think they also look at free agency and possibly the Japanese market as well to see if they can find their three, as Mo was saying, three starters. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that actually happens. Maybe two. Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that, you know, they're going to go all sorts of different ways, but I do think, you know, Bill DeWitt's going to have to let go of a little bit more of his money this year, um, which I think, again, I think, you know, we've heard some stories about the front office kind of pushing to do this for a couple of years to change or to be a little bit more aggressive in the pitching market, to, to spend a little bit more money. You know, maybe this is the impetus that they need. I, I think Bill DeWitt has been in the past open to change. He was, you know, he was in the forefront of the change from the Walt Jockety go buy a lot of free agents to the Jeff Lanau go draft and develop type of things. You know, he was kind of spearheading that. But I also think that, you know, when you show him that the model's not working anymore, and this is the best sample of this model isn't working anymore, then, you know, I I think that that's, I kind of see this season as, this offseason as like a bit of a patchwork. Like the Cardinals go out and they get the three starters that they need, and hopefully for four or five years, while they start really turning into the developing the swing and miss type stuff, because... They don't have, I mean, Takoa Roby could be, uh, but he's not going to be major league ready next year, or at least not by the beginning of the year. Um, there may be a guy here and there, you know, Tinkins at some point in time, may have that as well, but they're going to, they, they're not ready for that. They need to overhaul the minor leagues. And the best way to do that is have, you know, three or four guys that are 
holding down the fort at the major league level while you can do that and that you can rely on. So, you know, they may look at that as an investment in their minor leagues to go out and get, you know, an Aaron Nola or something that will give them that kind of quality while they can and not have to worry about rushing up a Tacoa Roby. You know, if the Cardinals are looking for a way to actually boost their payroll, I wonder if they would consider having Bill DeWitt third sell some of his artwork to actually help bring in a free agent. I, I will say I was very impressed by his portrait of Adam Wainwright. So I'm just throwing that out there. If the DeWitts are listening, you know, make, bring in a couple of million there. You never know. Next, next thing you know, Snell is the starting pitcher for the Cardinals to open the season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It feels like we've got a gap right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, between minor league talent and major league level, where probably looking at two years before those guys could be in the rotation. Now, if they pitch really well during the season, maybe there's a chance that somebody like Team Kent's makes it into the bullpen at some point, end of the year next year, or maybe Roby could even do that. But yeah, I think you're really you're really looking like it's it's looking like it's going to be at least two years uh, before those guys are actually in the Cardinals rotation. And there are no givens too. That's the other thing. As we've learned about minor league talent, it doesn't matter how great you are, unless you're one of the elite prospects, there really are no givens on how right. a guy is going to perform at the major league level or if he'll even make it there. So they, yeah, they need to find those guys to fill the roster. Um, they can't be throwaway players. We really, I, they may bring in a renovation project or something, a fixer upper. I, I don't love that unless you're talking about like a number five guy that um, we've seen what the Cardinals do. A lot of times they'll bring in somebody from, you know, who pitched in Korea or something like that, or, you know, a former American mm-hmm. pitcher who is uh, something like, you know, like kind of like miles Michaelis. We've seen that do, do that with a couple other people. Um, saw that last year and I can't even remember the pitcher's name who they did that with. Um, but, Berhagen uh, was in, was coming. I think Berhagen came over from there, didn't he? He may have. Um, oh, Aaron something. What? Oh, Brooks. Aaron Brooks. Yes, I'm thinking like New Orleans Saints quarterback. What was his name? <laughs> Aaron Brooks. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, they may do that again. I hope they don't. Um, but as we've seen, sometimes the Cardinals do spend money and they just spend it poorly. Right. Uh, Mike Leake, Brett Cecil, Dexter Fowler. That could happen all over again. So, yeah, I want them to spend, but I also want them to be smart in how they spend Mm. you know, it's, it's a lot of fun playing fantasy GM. I can't imagine what it's like actually being in that role. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult situation for sure. All the way, all the way around. There's a lot of things to fix and, and there's gotta be at least some second guessing of yourself, right? That you've, you know, if you're honest and say, look, yeah, we've spent this kind of money and it didn't work. Why not? You know, we drafted these kind of guys. They haven't developed. Why not? You know, that kind of stuff. And, that may not be something that you can fix all in one offseason, but you got to do enough to at least be competitive next year. Um, and we'll, we'll see what they do. Um, we also will get to have a little palace intrigue, I guess. Um, you know, today, Ollie Marmol, now let's just read the direct quote that Jeff Jones put out there. He said, I want a clubhouse full of guys that has one thing on their minds and it's not themselves. It's winning a championship. So you start out by weeding those out. Now that kind of, of course, sent some people into a bit of a tizzy. Um, And I think probably rightfully so, right? I mean, he's not saying we want a whole bunch of winners. He's saying, I mean, he's pretty much explicitly saying there's some people in there that they need to get rid of because they're not on the same page and a little bit more focused on themselves than than the team, which is not something you usually hear out of a Cardinal 
clubhouse. Um, you know, is did that kind of thing surprise you? Did you did you come up with some names off the top of your head that you thought that was going to be? What, what, what did you think there? It didn't really surprise me. I think I would have been a little more surprised if he started naming names. That would have shocked me a little bit. And, you know, yeah, there were some names that went through my head, but I don't know what it's like in a locker room. Um, you know, I mean, I've been in locker rooms, but I've never been in the Cardinals locker room. And so it could be the guys that you think it is. It may be the guys that you would never suspect. Uh, so I, I really, I don't know. I, I do think one of the possibly bad things about doing this is if you see the Cardinals start, you know, cutting bait with some of these guys, suddenly you're like, oh, that's the guy that was causing problems. So that's, you know, that's the guy that was, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, sometimes it's just a business move. Uh, but no, coming from Marmol, just, he seems pretty fiery. He does seem to speak his mind sometimes, even when people completely disagree with how he's doing it. And so I was not shocked, maybe a little shocked that he did it this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'd, maybe if he was done that two weeks ago or done that two days from now, I w- would have been a little less surprised. But no, I think it's pretty par for the course um, with what he's shown us this year. Um, do you think that we'll have an idea who those players are in the coming days or weeks, months, I should I say? I don't think we will. I don't think we'll know until we see what kind of moves get made. You know, if if Tyler O'Neill gets non-tendered, I think you can speculate that maybe that's part of why. If, if uh, no, some of it just maybe health and money situations too. I mean, it, it's, we're going to have to read into some of that stuff and we may be right. We may be wrong. Um, it's possible that at some point in time, you know, some whispers get back to Derek Gould or Katie Wu or, well, if they get back to John Denton, we'll get all confused, but, um, <laughs> but you know, somebody, and they may write some sort of story on the, you know, at some point in time or drop a, no, drop a, line in a chat or something like that that kind of gives a little bit more indication about that because i think we've seen that a couple of times in the past that there was a little bit more to a trade or or a move than we initially thought that there was a bit of clubhouse issue so i think maybe then but you know do i expect the cardinals to come out to their club their uh you know press conference in about a week and say okay, we got to get rid of this guy, this guy, and this guy because they're terrible. No, I don't really expect them to do that. Although that would be for some very, very interesting watching. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we'll hear names until after they're gone. But, you know, it didn't take long to hear uh, some stories about Genesis Cabrera uh, after he was gone. I mean, what, five minutes, 15 minutes, something like that (laughs) before stories started rolling out. Well, I mean, Hennessy was before he left because he's like, they basically said, Hey, he wants to be a closer. We don't think he's a closer. So, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we may hear some things after guys are gone, but yeah, the Cardinals are not letting that stuff get out there because you don't want to hurt a guy's trade value. And, and for the most part, and people will disagree with this for the most part, I think the Cardinals do a pretty good job about keeping things in-house on things like that because they don't want to ruin a guy's reputation or drag right. his name through the mud when it's not needed. Um, you, you know, at some point you just don't need, you know, you don't need to say anything more. Once a guy's gone, he's gone. Now, sometimes you may have to explain why you did that. And I think the Cabrera move was kind of part of that, but I think they try as much as they can to avoid saying too much on some mm. issues. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the case. And, and like I said, even this from Ollie is a little bit more than we expect out of out of the Cardinals. Um, so 
I, I think that any move that the Cardinals make this offseason um, will have that lens, right? I mean, it could be that Nolan Gorman goes for Logan Gilbert or something like that, you know, and, and, and you're going to say, okay, that makes sense because of what they got back. But were they willing to part with him because he wasn't team focused or something like that, which again, may not have anything to do with it. Um, but I think when you put a statement out like that, any transaction kind of runs through that filter of, do we think this is part of the reason that the Cardinals did it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's going to be an interesting off season because we're going to have to say farewell to some people that we've seen where the birds on the bat for quite a few years. And that's in addition to Adam Wainwright, but, uh, probably not as not the same happy trails as we said this weekend. No, no, probably not. Uh, not going to get a nice painting or anything like that. Let's talk a little bit about Wainwright weekend and to wrap this up for, you know, in the, the ceremony today and I, I didn't get to see uh, MLB TV had the last like 15 minutes when he got his uh, gifts and he made his speech. I didn't get to hear any other, any speeches that might've been made in his honor um, earlier on. But um, I, I can tell you the Cardinals, if, if you've got a legendary Cardinal and they're retiring, the Cardinals do it right. I think, I mean, not that other teams don't, I mean, we saw, you know, the, the Tigers had a chance this weekend to honor Miguel Cabrera and they did a fine job. It looked like, you know, a statue of, the number out in the outside with from baseballs that were significant to him made some cleats out of some baseballs, um, some really really neat stuff. And I'm sure that was a great ceremony for them as well. But I just I just don't know that anybody goes to the length that the Cardinals do for guys that have been there that long. Yeah, I you know it. Things like statues and things like that are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are, but this was so personalized for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there was the aspect of Adam Wainwright, the pitcher, Adam Wainwright, the person, um, you know, you hear Chris Carpenter talk about Adam Wainwright, the man of faith, you know, the whole dog thing like that is, that's an organization that knows their player. The, mm-hmm. They, they know his heart. Uh, they know his family, the Gibson guitar. Well, you know, not let's even go beyond the guitar and talk about letting him perform a concert the night yeah. before. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, crazy. And, you know, something you don't even think about with stuff like that is um, Bush Stadium. The Cardinals are having to pay their workers extra hours to be there for that, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, that's them saying this is how much we love this guy. You know, who cares? You know, right. we're going to we're going to pay. They donate one hundred thousand dollars to Big League Impact. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's because Michael Gersh listened to this podcast last week. And probably I just he. Yeah. Yeah. Had to yeah. Be. <laughs> I think they used the hashtag. So they're fine. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. I mean, just how heartfelt that was. You know, the, the surprise of they, they, they did the surprise of Yachty and Pujols. And somehow found that way, found that to be emotional, amazing. Mm -hmm. And yet that did not overshadow what was taking place. Uh, So yeah, just, just an incredible, incredible thing. I, I was like you, I was blacked out. So I had to watch everything later. Um, I was frustrated that MLB network didn't show it, but oh, well, Uh, of course the Reds broadcast did not. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was, it was so well done. And such a, a nice farewell and goodbye to my favorite Cardinal of all time. Um, probably, I would say for most people, 
top five Cardinal ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and I mean, when you list Cardinal pitchers, I mean, it's, it's Bob Gibson and then really almost it, Adam Wainwright. Right. I mean, you, you know, you get to Dizzy Dean, of course, in the hall of fame and you go way back to Jesse Haynes or something like that, because you know, that's, but I mean, when you're talking modern era, if you will, um, where uh, not just us, but our parents got a chance to see, I mean, it's, it's Gibson and Wainwright. I mean, it, and, it, and nothing to slight Chris Carpenter because Chris Carpenter was incredible when he was here, but you know, the shortness of his time, the injuries that happened, uh, you know, he was an incredible player and he, he might, he might rank there right there with Wainwright, but just the longevity and everything that Adam Wainwright does. And then to put around the, what the person he is, is incredible. But yeah, I mean, you're talking about it being personal and you're so right. I mean, look, every one of those gifts that we saw, I mean, the guitar was great, right? And and they made it a Cardinal guitar, which, okay, yeah, great too. But on the back side, there are handwritten notes from his kids on that. I mean, that was just, you're right. It's an organization that, that knows. I mean, it's a one of the few people in St. Louis that has more money than Adam Wainwright <laughs> paints a painting for him, right? I mean, that was was weird. I mean, not weird, but I mean, it's just nothing you would have thought of. Um, and it worked out so well because of the relationships. I mean, when, even when Adam Wainwright is talking about not just his teammates, but the front office, the, you know, it sounded like even Bill DeWitt and Mo texting him throughout the season when he was bad, you know, giving him encouragement that I'm pretty sure they didn't do for like Tyler O'Neill, but, um, <laughs> but that's what happens when you're a Cardinal legend, I guess. Um, but just the, the connection that they had. And I think the connection, the connection for Adam Wainwright to the city, to the organization is just slightly different than Yachty and Albert. Right. And then maybe to some degree, it's nice that he was able to celebrate his separately, you know, as, as great it was, it would have been to have them all right out in the sunset last year, having a chance to really put the focus on Wainwright, because that relationship is just a, a bit different. Um, you know, Albert, of course, being gone for so long, there is a different culture with Yachty, although they love everybody loves Yachty and, and Yachty is incredible. And I'm so, you know, he had to be there today but there is maybe just enough of a culture difference between those that there could be a slight different connection. I, Wainwright just, he just hits different, I guess. Uh, although he doesn't hit very well. Um, <laughs> then again, he has the highest exit velocity, average exit velocity of, I think anybody in the organization this year at that 102 <laughs> liner to, to second base on Friday night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was incredible. I mean, I think everybody's tearing up to watch, and, and how much that it meant to him, you're right, watching, watching him and Yachty. It's just, you know, especially when he didn't, ex- I don't know if he didn't expect Yachty. How do you not expect Yachty, right? I mean, you know Yachty's got to be there. I mean. Well, Yachty wasn't even always there last year when he was playing, so. Right, maybe. but this, for this moment, Yachty Merlina is going to be there. Yeah. You know, unless it's basketball teams in the playoffs. But, um, exactly. But, no, he was going to be there. And, uh, you know, I just, I'm glad they got that. And now it's, and now it's weird. You're right. I mean, we've just not had this, you know, when, when Albert left in 2011, you looked at that team and you said, okay, well, you still have Yachty, you still have Wainwright and Hey, you know, we could have Michael Walker for the next 15 years or whatever. Didn't. 
Uh, of course, Michael Walker was drafted after out of that pick for Pujols, so it's not quite the same, but still. Um, you know, you, anybody that was on that 2012 team, it's gone now. I mean, there was no long-term legend that came up at that point in time or anywhere in between. I mean, the next closest thing is going to be, what, Paul Goldschmidt, who's going to have spent six, seven, depending on if he gets an extension, uh, years in St. Louis, which is great, and I'm sure he'll get a nice you know, send off and win whenever he retires, if he retires as a Cardinal. Nolan Arnado the same way, but they're not, it's not that, it's, it's different. And so um, to not have that, not only Cardinal Hall of Famer, but long time basically developed in the organization Cardinal Hall of Famer, um, not be on the roster makes makes next year a little, a little different. And, um, you know, hopefully there's some new faces and you get excited about them, but those deep roots just are going to take some time to build. Yeah. You know, people also often talk about passing of the torch and you kind of wonder who is the torch being passed to Um, As we're recording this, I'm looking up and I'm seeing a plaque on my wall of the 2006 world series champions. And I'm seeing Pujols. I'm seeing Yachty Wainwright. I'm like, those guys are gone. Jim Edmonds is up in the Cardinals booth. Scott Rowland is in the Cardinals Hall of Fame or in baseball Hall of Fame right now. Mm-hmm. Chris Carpenter is retired. No one else is playing. No one else has played in a while. Um, and, you, you know, I think guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, yes, those are the guys that you kind of pass the torch onto, knowing that maybe Paul Goldschmidt maybe is only around for two, three more years, if that. Mm-hmm. Um and so you do wonder, like, who is going to be the face of the Cardinals? I, you know, I think Nolan Arenado is that guy, especially now all the trade rumors have been put to rest. But you wonder who's coming up behind him. Is it is it Jordan Walker? Is it Mason Wynn? Who's going to be the pitcher that leads the staff? Because, you know, we hear about how Chris Carpenter was the one that kind of started the thing where all the pitchers watch each other's bullpens and right, pick up on right. things like tipping pitches and things like that. And so you had Chris Carpenter and then you had Adam Wainwright who is that next person that really steps up? I, we, we know it's not Jack Flaherty. He's gone. He's an Oriole now. Um, mm-hmm. Some thought he would be that guy. Uh, Miles Michaelis has a few years left on his contract. We'll see what happens there. But um, it, it does, it, uh, you know, I've been emotional about it today because yeah. it feels like there's kind of a, a hole there that's missing. Um, kind of reminds me a little bit of when Ozzy retired, just, mm-hmm. um, just doesn't something just doesn't feel right or or maybe when mcguire was done um just there's just a little bit of an emptiness there where it's it's not going to be the same for a little while yeah i mean you know ozzy retires in 96 they go get mcguire the trade deadline in 97 you know by the time he's done albert's there you know you're right carpenter wainwright all those guys and you do hope you hope that we're we look back in 15 years and we say this year was that transition from that era of the the 2000s, the early 2000s, the Yachty Wainwright to the Jordan Walker Mason win. Maybe Victor Scott II. You really kind of need a pitcher in there somewhere, I feels like, and I don't know who that would be. Mm-hmm. But, um, because even when you go out and sign somebody, you know, uh, I don't know that it's the same, but, you know, maybe Tinkins comes up and becomes that guy or something like that. But, you know, you hope that that's the case. Now, you don't know. I mean, it, Jordan Walker definitely looks the, looks the part right now. Mason Wynn feels like he's looking the part uh, as soon as the bat comes around. Uh, but, you know, we'll see where those guys are in five or six years. Not, yeah, They may be good players, and they may be so good of players that they're not in St. Louis anymore, you know, uh, when, the, when the free agency comes around. So 
it's going to be, it is different. Um, you know, the Cardinals have a, what's the streak? It's, it goes back to like dawn of time. I think the Cardinals have had at least one hall of famer on their roster. And I think that's still probably the case for a while because of, you know, Arnado Goldschmidt, who are both making significant cases for Cooperstown. Um, but there's not as many as there used to be. Yeah. Now I, one possibility, I'm going to put it out there, um, and I'm going to quote from Twitter just about 30 minutes ago, Richie Palacios, mm-hmm. can't wait to be back in the playoffs for St. Louis this time next year, all in caps. Yeah, Is Palacios the future Cardinal Hall of Famer? Um, just just throwing it out there. Um, I, if he plays like he played the last month, <laughs> yeah. He's going to go back. To, he's going to go to New York, uh, you know, in Cooperstown, if he, he plays like that. It, it's nice. To, it, it, uh, such an under the radar move, right? We we saw that he came over from Cleveland and just sort of a you know they just had to clear some spot for him basically and uh, forgot to come up and then just yeah just to click. I mean you didn't have many feel good stories and if twenty twenty three was going to be any better, Palacios doesn't probably actually make it to the league or doesn't get to play much. So I mean if you're going to try for looking for silver linings, I guess that's one of them. Yeah, it shows that the Cardinals will truly were buyers at the trade deadline. So. Right. Right, obviously, um, you know they just they just knew what it was going to be, and uh, you know stole that. I mean, if if that's the kind of stuff that this organization can do in the off season, I'm for it. You know, maybe maybe they've started to change their evaluation stuff, and they're they're finding the right guys now. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, all right, so we'll be with you throughout the winter. Maybe not every week, but we'll be around most of the winter. Uh, talking about what the Cardinals can do, what the Cardinals should do, what the Cardinals have done, um, all those kind of things. Uh, if you've got questions, you can always drop us a message at C70 at IPOP Editor. You know, a good question. We might be able to do a whole show around it, uh, depending on what it is. Uh, and we may need the content. So feel free to drop that. Um, but until next time, for David, I'm Daniel. Good night. Right now, their leading hitter all-time against the Cardinals in postseason play at the plate. Beltron has murdered Cardinal pitching over the last two postseasons that he's played against them. Here tonight, he has doubled and scored. He's flied to left. He's uh, grounded out, and he's walked. Bases loaded, two out. Cardinals up by two in the pitch. Fastball, Steve right ball. Carlos Beltran during the regular season with 41 home runs had 116 runs batted in. He has three home runs in this series. He's at the plate with the bases loaded, uh, two down, the pitch. Curveball, swinging a tap foul, and the Cardinals are one strike away from going to Detroit and the 2006 World Series. Adam Wainwright gets a new baseball. Rubs it up, stands on, looks in with the bases loaded, two out. Cardinals leading three to one here in the bottom of the ninth inning. One of the most dangerous hitters in the business at the plate, Carlos Beltran. He is ready. So is Wainwright. The 0-2 delivery. 
curve struck him out looking. The Cardinals are going to Michigan to take on the Tigers. They mob, they mob Adam Wainwright on the mound. They are National League champions and headed for Detroit as they mob the pitcher. And now Yadier Molina, in comes the bullpenners to a pile on. The Cardinals have won this game three to one on a two-run home run by their catcher, Yadier Molina, and they're still out on the uh, infield celebrating. What, what a ball game this has been.